0: Love Told Radio.
1: From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you Make things better. Hey there, and welcome to the program. Delighted that you're able to join in today. Uh, Sorry we missed last week. Um, I uh, was out of town and couldn't do the program. Um, What's going on? How's things going with you and your behaviorally challenging child or grandchild or Whoever. Uh you know, there's so much going on with collaborative problem-solving these days, it's hard to know where to begin. Um, let me give you the call-in number again. That's always a good place to start. 347-994-2981. Uh, got a bunch of email to catch up on, so I'll do that uh, if we don't have any callers. Um, And that's what we'll do today. There's just so many of them that have piled up. You know, I'm reflecting on a lot of the work I've been doing with uh, parents and teachers lately. (sighs) What's becoming so clear is that, uh, you know, identifying a highly specific unsolved problem to work on, how important that is. When we talk with kids about their behavior – mostly what we're trying to do is tell them what we'd like them to do instead. When we identify the unsolved problems that are setting in motion that behavior, and we solve those problems, what we realize is that the alternative behavior we came up with, the kid, would never solve the problem that was setting in motion his behavior in the first place like i was uh working with some folks in a school recently and they were working on a child who was being disrespectful now being disrespectful is a behavior and they agreed that what he would do instead of being disrespectful was to use different words But when I probed further to find out what the unsolved problems were that were setting in motion the student's disrespectful behavior, one of the unsolved problems was that he was having trouble making transitions from recess to uh, an academic task. And what became clear was that having the student use different words solve the problem of the student having trouble coming in from recess and settling down to work on an academic task all we really did is tell the kid what we'd like him to do differently when the problem pops up again no 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 we could do that forever we, we could tell the kid what we'd like him to do differently when the problem pops up forever. Uh, telling a kid what we'd like him to do differently, that's easy. Solving the problem that's causing his challenging behavior in the first place, that's hard. Not that hard, but in many ways hard mostly because it's not what we typically do. We typically tell this kid what we'd like him to do differently. Use your words. That That's great advice if he can use his words. I suspect if he could have used his words, he would have used his words. But, I mean, that's the whole kids do all if they can thing. But under what conditions are we finding that he's having difficulty hitting when his brother is using his toys? I bet if we solve that problem, he won't be hitting over it anymore. When we serve him something for dinner that's not something he liked, that's when he's hitting. Well, we could we could tell him what we'd like him to do differently than hitting, but I'd rather solve the problem so he doesn't hit anymore. Once we solve the what are we eating for dinner problem, he's not going to be hitting over it anymore. Once again, telling kids what we want them to do instead, that's the easy part. Identifying the unsolved problems that are setting in motion the challenging behavior in the first place and working with the kids so that those problems get solved, that's the hard part. But that's how you durably get rid of the challenging behavior, by solving the problems that are setting the stage for it. Headers don't always hit. Hitters sometimes hit in response to highly specific unsolved problems. That's the main activity of collaborative problem solving. Solving problems, not extinguishing challenging behaviors and coming up with a replacement that we adults like better. That's big comes up all the time you're in the problem solving business now when you're implementing collaborative problem solving not the uh, extinguishing challenging behavior business something we adults love to do is tell kids what they ought to have done instead I'd rather know what unsolved problem made him do it then we'll solve that problem and he won't do it anymore that's come up a amount lately Um, How about an email? Hi, Dr. Green. I have a three-year-old son with many of the challenges in your book. I find it difficult to differentiate between what is appropriate behavior for a three-year-old and what is not. I spend most of my time with him sad, outright crying, frustrated, and feeling like I am at my wit's end. My pediatrician recommended your book, and from the moment I began reading it, I was amazed. Good. Good. So much of the behavior described is similar to what we are experiencing. I'm very concerned about his future and making sure that I figure out now how to help him. Sometimes, more often than not, I have no idea what to do. I am so, so tired. Do you have any specific material online or elsewhere that deals with this age group? Yeah, there's radio programs. You know, I'm going to have to do a better job of highlighting them because this is not an uncommon question. How do you do collaborative problem solving with a younger kid. But yes, there are radio programs that uh, do speak to how to implement collaborative problem solving, not only with younger kids, but especially with kids who are um, delayed in the communication and language processing realm, which is the real distinguishing factor, by the way, and I've had collaborative problem solving go better with some of the three-year-olds that I work with than it did with some of the 17 and 47-year-olds that I've worked with. So I don't usually distinguish based on age in a big way. I think that the biggest distinguishing factor is the kid's ability to communicate and use language uh, in the context of Plan B. If if a kid can't do that, then We're going to have to find some other ways to communicate with him about the core ingredients of collaborative problem solving, unsolved problems, concerns about those unsolved problems, and solutions that will address those concerns. But that can be done in pictures. But I'm not reading anything here that suggests that your son is delayed in the language processing and communication realm, so I don't know that Plan B would look dramatically different with him than it would with an 11-year-old or a 17-year-old, the ingredients are the same. All right, I'm going to keep going with the email, but I'm going to talk about specific parts of the email, too. I'm just going to go back. But here's the middle. He, he goes to preschool for four hours a week, and I can tell from talking to his teachers that we have a long road ahead of us. I need to get started now or I will lose my mind. How do people deal with this for years and years, walking on eggshells and orienting everything around trying to keep him from not having a fit? but never knowing how or why or when it will happen. I'm also having trouble figuring out what is just inflexible behavior and what may be more than that. All right. Just writing this makes me sad. I'm very sorry that you're sad and but I completely understand that having a behaviorally challenging child and not feeling like you understand what's making him challenging, isn't fun. So I understand your sadness and frustration and feeling that you are at your wit's end. I'm delighted that your pediatrician recommended uh, The Explosive Child, and I'm delighted that the information in the book resonated with you. I'm sorry that you don't have any idea what to do, but I think that knowing what to do and having the right lenses on is going to be the key to having you feel a little bit better, less sad, less frustrated, less feeling like you're at your wit's end. Nothing takes the place of having the right lenses on and really knowing what's going on with your kid. I mean, what what could be more frustrating and what what could induce more feelings of hopelessness and helplessness than not knowing what's going on with your kid i and that's not just with regard to behavior if you have a child who has medical issues you want to know you want to know otherwise you're sad and frustrated and feeling like you're it's a what's in and not knowing what to do what helps you know what to do is knowing what you got and i'm betting that if you Downloaded the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems from the Lives in the Balance website in the paperwork section. You'll come across some of the skills your son is lacking in the lagging skill section of that instrument. And then you'll identify some of the specific conditions in which those lagging skills are setting in motion challenging episodes. You'll come to the recognition that your son is not always challenging, just sometimes challenging. When is he challenging? He's challenging when the demands being placed upon him outstrip the skills he has to respond adaptively to those demands. Otherwise, he's not challenging. You you may have a long road ahead of you. But the road's going to feel less long if you know what you got. You got to know what you got. The lagging skill section of the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems will help you know what you got. Now, we don't want you walking on eggshells, and you don't want to orient everything about trying to keep them from having a fit. And I get why you're doing that, but I think that that flows from not knowing what you got and not knowing what to do. After you know what you got, the what to do part makes sense. Plan B. Time to start solving problems. The collaborative problem solving way. So, there's a ton of radio programs and streaming video on the Lives in the Balance website, as well as the book that you bought, to help you understand how to implement Plan B and solve problems collaboratively. One, one last point you're having trouble figuring out what's just inflexible behavior and what may be more than that. Well, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to there, but I'm not sure I would know exactly what you mean by what's more than that either. I don't know if I'd know what's more than that. Um, I think that the raw material of understanding your son and the raw material of helping him is lagging skills. So if, if there's skills on that assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems that apply to your son, by golly, check them off. You've got the right lenses on now. Now you know what's up with your son. there are unsolved problems associated with each of those lagging skills once you identify those you'll know when those lagging skills are getting in your son's way and uh once you start solving problems collaboratively with your son the challenging behaviors associated with those unsolved problems will start to subside Then you're not going to feel like you're uh, at your wit's end. Now you know what to do. Then you're going to be less frustrated. I'm not going to say that um, collaborative problem solving is going to relieve you of all feelings of frustration or all feelings of sadness. But there certainly is a nice feeling of accomplishment that comes with solving problems. It's a feeling of hope. It's a feeling of a sense of mastery. I know my child, and I know how to help him, and I understand him. Boy, um, I'd say that's a nice goal for any parent to try to achieve, challenging child or not. You're also welcome to call into this program any old time you want if you're having trouble with any aspect of the model. That's why we do this program every week, almost every week. Here's another email. No callers today. This always happens when, oh, I'm sorry, that's no longer true. We do have a caller. And callers always take priority on the program, so let's jump straight to our caller from area code 613. How are you today? Hello. Hi there.
0: Are you there? Okay, thank you. Um yeah, thankfully I've, I've um, found you. <laughs> um, our pediatrician, our psychologist, gave us your book a couple of years ago, but I wasn't in the headspace to be able to read it and absorb what we were getting. Uh, thankfully now we are, um, and it's it's proving helpful, and we actually have an agency that's starting to come in with us um, to work with our 7- and 9-year-old and to work with us to try and sort through some, some issues. What I'm wondering or hoping for from you, um, and one, of, one of the reasons why I, I latched onto your book so much was that kids do the best they can. And I guess <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. And I said to my husband, you yeah, know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm still struggling. Um, So it really, really upped the ante on, you know, um, looking at it from defined behavior to, um, yeah, they're doing the best they can as well. And what are we going to do about it? Um, I'm wondering if you could direct me to um, anything on your website, which I'm slowly but surely getting to, but might address um, my unsolved problems (laughs) as I look at the uh, lagging skills. And identifying some of my own, um, being treated for depression, and but trying to be gentle with like myself and going easy, and um, yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, I'm just curious.
1: Well, um, first of all, I'm delighted that you called. It sounds like you're going through a very hard time, and have been for a while. So I'm glad you found the explosive child. And I'm glad that you're in a headspace now that permits you to access the material. Of course, that's a big hurdle, being in a headspace that permits you to access the material. As you're now discovering, there are more hurdles that remain, including the hurdle of what you learn once you've accessed the material. So there's sort of the first hurdle, which is are you in a headspace that permits you to access it, but then there's the next hurdle that comes right after that, which is that you you learn that, number one, this is a pretty big shift in lenses. And um, a lot of parents, when they make that shift in lens, uh, don't feel too good about what they were doing before they had those lenses on.
0: Absolutely.
1: And I guess the most I can say to that is, go easy on yourself. You can't fault yourself for what you didn't know. Wouldn't it be nice if we knew what we didn't know, but we don't know what we don't know until we know what we don't know. All of that sounds rather profound, I'm sure, but you can't fault yourself for what you didn't know. But now you know it. Yeah. Good. Better to know it than to not know it.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah.
1: You're also, and I think this is fantastic, not, not not everybody does this, but you're doing it. Yeah, kids do all well if they can, but parents do too. And that sort of is in line with the you-don't-know-what-you-don't-know-until-you-know-it theme. Um, why did I write The Explosive Child? Why do I do this program? Why did I found Lives in the Balance? So that more parents would know.
0: Right.
1: So the good news is you are, from a uh, collaborative problem-solving perspective, you are already a success story because now you know what you didn't know. But it's also true that parents do well if they can. And you sound every bit like a parent who's doing the best she can. And now you have some new information that's making you feel a little bit bad about what you think before you knew it. And maybe even about what you used to do before you knew it. And now comes the next hurdle. Uh, Keeping those lenses on, those new lenses, don't take them off. Because you got a lot of hard work still in front of you, and that's going to be hard because you're tired already. But things getting better can be energizing. It's just finding the energy to get things moving in the better direction. That can be the hard part. Here's the good part. If you believe kids do all if they can, then you believe parents do all if they can, too, and... Um, don't beat yourself up over what you didn't know because that's going to take away from your energy you're going to need your energy you don't want to spend it on beating yourself up you want to spend it on figuring out what skills your child is lacking you want to spend it on trying to solve problems collaboratively with your child and getting good at it that's going to take energy beating yourself up that's going to take energy and it's not going to get you anywhere I'd rather have you put your energy into stuff that's going to get you somewhere.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: I don't know if I've ever done a program on parents do well if they can. But uh, because of your call, I think we are doing a program on that right now.
0: how do I let go of the fact <laughs> that I may well um, be limited as to what the outcomes are going to be, and let go of the belief that, um, you know, the perfectionist, if <laughs> any that wants um, to fix everything. Um,
1: Well, I don't have a magic wand, and you don't either.
0: Sure.
1: You know, the stuff we want to change about ourselves and our beliefs, that's not magic wandy stuff, that's hard work stuff. Um, I think every human being has ways that they think and ways that they are that they would like to change um some of them are actually successful at doing it some of them do it on their own some of them do it with the help of a you know a third party a therapist or somebody who can help them think about the things that they are thinking it sounds like you've already actually done a little of that what am i thinking that isn't working What am I going to yeah. do to remind myself that those are not the things I want to be thinking? What am I going to do to remind myself of the things that I do want to be thinking? I got one idea. Got to listen to this program every week.
0: Yeah, I've been starting. I've read or listened to several of your podcasts. It's uh, good. It's great.
1: Because I mean, here's the deal: we talk about different things every week, but yes. we talk about them in the same way every week. Yeah. Um. Kids do well if they can is a consistent theme. The, the hard motto. part about
0: <laughs> what's that? That's my new motto. <laughs>
1: Good. Hang on to it. Yeah. And especially when the going gets rough, that's the times when it's hardest to hang on to it. Of course, when the going gets rough, those are the times that it's hardest to hang on to much of anything. That's when some of our baser instincts kick in. Um. You know sounds like you already have an idea of the things that the ways you're thinking that aren't working for you. The big question is can you do it on your own, or do you need somebody to help remind you and help keep you on track and help you come up with alternative ways of thinking this This program will give you alternative ways of thinking that's for sure, and it'll remind you of those alternative ways of thinking on a weekly basis and you got all those podcasts. Uh, here's the good news those podcasts could last you months
0: yeah.
1: if you were just doing them if you were doing them one a day yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: and giving yourself the luxury of um, reminding yourself of how you want to think once a day and listening to them whether that's in your car or first thing in the morning before anybody's awake or late at night when everybody's already asleep mm-hmm. um, I think the key here is continuity That's how people change their thinking durably, continuity. You get to decide, can you do that on your own with the help of this program, or do you need somebody giving it to you in a somewhat more intensive dose?
0: It's finding the energy to be able, or finding the time, resources, energy to put everything into place right now. (laughs) I know what you mean. Here's
1: the thing, though. Progress is incremental. Mm -hmm. Sounds like this is the other thing that happens when people discover the model. They want to change everything in one fell swoop. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I I understand wanting to change everything in one fell swoop. There's some things going on in my life that I'd like to change with one fell swoop. (laughs) But progress tends to be incremental. And by the way, energy, especially for people who feel like they don't always have it, Energy is not necessarily a um, consistent thing. Um, There's going to be times when you do have it and times when you don't. Um, You want to take advantage of the times that you do and maybe use the radio program and listening to it for times when you don't. But I definitely appreciate the fact that it's the times where you don't where it's the hardest to um, be at your best. Mm-hmm.
0: I have a, a a question. Go ahead. Um, we're having we're having um, some difficulties in school. The sev- our seven year old um, since junior kindergarten, since she was four, things have been identified, um, but. And the interventions <laughs> that they they try everything for the first half of the school year, then the second year come out the behavior charts and you know sitting outside the classroom and such. Now I know that we're going to address this, and I've given the information to the teacher about the lagging skills and such um, our all other daughter, she's nine, and she's actually voicing that she's having problems with attention and um etc et etc. Cetera, et cetera we see that at home as well um with both of them with homework um trying to let go of making them do their homework which is we're getting there but it i look sometimes i wonder you know where do we start do we start at the school do we start at home um because we both com- everything compounds each other right um we do have a degree of control at home <laughs> Be, but being pushed a little bit by the expectations um not only of ourselves I guess but the of what's being imposed by the school and and how the schooling is um being provided so what what is your recommendation of where we start I mean depends, how much, right.
1: depends uh, how much energy you got depends how much energy you got. If you can do both, you're right. School can compound home. Home can compound school. Mm -hmm. If you can do both, you want to try to do both. Mm -hmm. If you can't do both, for whatever reason, number one, I wouldn't feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. That's your reality. Um, Pick one. And if um, you want to help the school along even further, Give them a copy of the book Lost at School. Mm -hmm. And if you can't afford it, email Lives in the Balance. Just get on the website. You'll see a place where you can contact us and ask us to send a care package to the school.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And we will. Um, If you can't do both, don't try to do both. Better to get one done than none done because you were trying to work on both. Distracted for a second. Are you still there? No. Feel free to call back in. Hello? No. Up, oh, he's back. Are you back?
0: Hello. No. Hello. No.
1: Yes, are you still there? No. Hello. Hello? Perhaps not. Hello? Are you there? Hello? Nope. Um, Maybe our caller will call back in. Boy, uh, it sure can be hard. And one of the hardest parts is the fact that when you have a behaviorally challenging kid and you feel like you've been hitting your head up against the wall for a really long time, the energy reserves are low and it does take some energy to get the ball rolling with collaborative problem solving and um, finding that energy can be one of the hardest parts sometimes that does take uh, an outside third party uh, who can sometimes provide that energy so that parents can get their energy back and then they don't necessarily need that outside energy anymore. Sometimes just reading a book gives people their energy back and helps them know what to do. Sometimes listening to this radio program, I've heard people tell me this. This is their weekly helping of collaborative problem solving. They don't miss it. They may not listen in live, but they listen. Because um, it keeps them on track, gives them their energy. Cool. Our caller's back. Let's see if we can talk with her a little bit longer. Let's see if the technology's going to work here. Are you back?
0: Yes, thank you. I'm not sure what happened. Me either. No.
1: Phones have become much more complicated here in the year 2012. They don't work as well as they used to. They do things to us that we do not completely understand. Um, That's phones for you.
0: Something like life. (laughs) (laughs) And children.
1: (laughs) Something like that. So what I was saying is, if you can do both, do both. But if you feel like you can't do both, at least do one as well as you can.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: And uh, I hope you know from this program and from everything Lives in the Balance is doing, you're not alone and um, there's people out there who can help you.
0: Thank you for speaking with me. It's given me yet a deeper connection and more hope. (laughs) Um,
1: Call in anytime.
0: this, This is very real and you are there and this is real and it's, thank you. I really appreciate this.
1: You bet. It's the real deal. Good luck. Call in any time. Thank,
0: Thank you very much.
1: You bet. Um, I'm going to try to answer one more email today. Uh, let's see if this is the one. Uh, we found the explosive child to be life-changing for us years ago, Dr. Green. Our son has numerous diagnoses and challenges, but we no longer have struggles with him at home, and thankfully this is his safe place. We have spent an Enormous amount of time, money, and energy trying to find the right resources for him. We've gone up the chain of health care providers from psychology to psychiatry, etc. The list goes on and on. We cannot change every environment he is in, so we are constantly struggling with phone calls to pick him up from school or camp, etc. He is nine, so we keep hoping he will adapt better to the authoritarian approach, but it just isn't happening. His reactions are constantly getting him into trouble, and I do think part of it now is that he has learned that these big reactions will get him what he needs to go home to that safe place. I've had to take a leave of absence from my career, and I'm now homeschooling him part-time because this is significantly impacting his self-esteem. just don't know where to turn to anymore, so I'm hoping that there is something that you can offer. Thanks so much for taking the time to read this. Thanks so much for writing in Um, first of all I'm glad that home is a safe place I'm glad you're no longer having struggles with him at home I'm sorry that plan A is still causing trouble for him outside of your home here's what I can't can't tell if the reason home is his safe place is because of plan C or plan B or some combination of the two so what I can't tell is is your son getting good at solving problems collaboratively with adults yet or is what we have here, the classic situation in which he looks good if we're doing plan C and terrible if people are doing plan A. I can't quite tell. Now, I do know this. The world is not going to do mostly plan C with your son. They're not going to shift from primarily A to primarily C. Not going to happen. There are problems that they're going to want to solve with your son instead of just dropping them So a dramatic shift from A to C is not in your future, not realistic. The world is not going to drop all expectations for your son. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. The big question is, is the world willing to move from plan A to plan B with your son? And is your son getting practice at plan B in your home? This I do not know. I can't tell. I know you said that the explosive child was life-changing, but some people who say that the explosive child is life-changing concentrated more on the plan C part of the collaborative problem-solving approach than they did on the plan B part of the collaborative problem-solving approach. And so you may still have a son who isn't yet very good at the collaborative problem-solving part of collaborative problem-solving. See... With both A and B, you're still solving the same problem. So the world will, I find, take some persuasion for some. But the world and the people in it who work with kids are often willing to solve problems in a different way. They're just not willing to drop them all. That's a much bigger leap, and the truth is I wouldn't advocate for dropping them all anyways. What I advocate for is for the world, especially the adults who work with behaviorally challenging kids, to shift from the unilateral approach to problem solving, the imposition of adult will approach, the approach in which adults are merely imposing their will and adding adult-imposed consequences to the mix when what they've decided about how a problem should be solved isn't going over so well with the kid. That's plan A to solving problems collaboratively, engaging the kid, hearing about the kid's concerns, getting the information we need from the kid to understand this unsolved problem completely in the first place, engaging the kid in hearing about your concerns, the very same concerns that could lead you into plan A could just as easily lead you into plan B, and engaging the kid in coming up with solutions that will address the concerns of both parties. That's plan B. So what I do find is that getting people from A to C not going to happen and probably not desirable anyways. Getting people from A to B, that's the goal. Instead of solving problems unilaterally, we're solving problems collaboratively. That's the goal. I just can't tell from your email if your son is doing any plan B at home or if the reason home is his safe place is because of plan C. Now, one last point. He's learned that these big reactions will get him what he needs to go home to that safe place. I don't think he'd be learning that if we were solving the problems that were setting in motion the big reactions in the first place. See, I always find that that's a secondary effect of using plan a to solve problems yeah of course the kid wants to uh get away from plan a none of us is real enthusiastic about plan a of course that's the what he's doing but if we're using plan b first of all he's not trying to get away from it kids kids usually are engaged in plan b And the problems are getting solved. So the behaviors are subsiding in the first place. Even when I'm convinced, and this has not happened very often, but even when I'm convinced that a kid is trying to go home to that safe place, even when I'm convinced that he's learning that his big reactions will get him what he needs, I know that doing Plan B to solve the problems that are causing the big reactions will not only solve the problems, they'll also get rid of the big reactions and then we don't have to worry anymore about whether the big reactions are getting him what he needs. All right. Good luck to you. Hope that helps. Well, that's why we do this program every week, except during the summer, because we hope it helps. That's why Live in the Balance is there. Got a new cartoon coming on the Live in the Balance website. I think it's going to be posted on Thursday. Got a new real world written, but I haven't had time to post it yet. Want to take one more look at it before I post it. Yeah, it's about diagnoses and how they're not terribly informative and what can happen when we rely on diagnoses instead of lagging skills and unsolved problems. People who work with or live with a child diagnosed with Asperger's disorder are now coming face to face with what happens when we rely too heavily on diagnoses. Um, You'll have to read about it in the real world section. Boy, do I hope I have time to post that sometime tonight or very early tomorrow morning. But in the meantime, I think that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening in. Uh, Thanks for, well, taking advantage of all of the resources on the Lives in a Balance website. And um, next week, of course, we'll have uh, the Parents panel on here on uh, Parenting Your Challenging Child, where we'll get together with Sharon and Peter and Susie and... um, Benefit from their wisdom as uh, veterans of having behaviorally challenging kids in their household. Uh, In the meantime, take care. Talk to you next week.